Welcome to the Learning to Flourish podcast. We're your hosts, Kelsey Donnell and Laura Jean Tremblay. This is a place to stop waiting and to learn to flourish exactly where we are, right in the in-between. Join us each week as we discuss topics that pertain to daily life and how we can flourish in the here and now. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Learning to Flourish podcast. I am really excited to be here again with you this week. Um, and we're going to start off talking about our God wings. So Kelsey, what, what's your God wing for the week? Yeah. So, um, Laura Jean and I were just chatting and neither of us really knew what our God wing was, but then I remembered today in the salon, um, we were all chatting. It was myself, my client, um, Tina, who works with me and her client. And we were all just talking about like, kind of, um, just like in general holidays can be difficult because there's just like a lot of people with different personalities that it is what it is. And she goes, Oh, EGRs. And I was like, what? Huh? It's just like EGRs. They're not pains. They're not annoying. They're, they're just extra grace required. And I was thinking, I was like, well, shoot, that's a much better way to look at it. And I, this morning was writing in my gratitude journal and I, and it was, um, something that you need, needed to like upgrade your thinking about. And I was like, I need to upgrade my thinking about just like that, just like dealing with all the different kinds of people and EGRs extra grace required. That's great. That's a good way to look at it. And that's a really good way to frame our conversation today because we're going to be talking about trying not to lose sight of ourselves when we're helping others. And especially this comes into play around the holidays. And I'm glad we're doing this this week um, as we celebrated Thanksgiving short time ago. And then Christmas is coming up. These times we can really give of ourselves and also – yeah, just forget that maybe more grace is required in those moments. So that's a really good mm-hmm. reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I I literally, as soon as she said, I was like, I want to put that in my po- back pocket. And then I was like, I'm going to write that down because I will forget. <laughs> so in my planning, okay. like in my salon book, I have it written down. That's great. I, I can't forget this. This is, this is gold. I used to be able to remember things. No. But like, what happened? I don't know. I hear so many things in a day. Ethan will be like, oh yeah, who'd you see today? And I'm like, I know I ended with this person. (laughs) But before that, I don't remember if they were today or yesterday, let alone. I mean, it's wild. I forget so many things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Mm kind of crazy. It is. What's your God wink? Um, my God wink this week is has been the sunshine. We've been having mm-hmm. some really cold weather, which is to be expected. And yeah. even though it's been cold, there's been two days where it was just really sunny. And I've had quite the migraine week. So the sun, when it peaks out, is well, on one hand, it's painful for my eyes. <laughs> it's also just, it brings so much joy. And you know how people say like they have FOMO, yeah, like fear of missing out on stuff? I yeah. don't when it comes to like social engagement. But except for when the sun is out, I feel like I have to go and live my best life right? because the sun is out. I guess that comes from, you know, growing up in the North where – it's very cold and gray a lot of the time. And when we get sun, it is just so much more glorious because of that. Um, so yeah, I always feel like if I don't have something planned to do outside when it's sunny out that I'm wasting my day or that I just, I just feel guilty. Like I should be outside doing something. You should be enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. I always get super jealous when I'm in the salon all day and it's a beautiful day outside and I'm like, oh, I just want to go out. Mm -hmm. But I have a massive window, so at least I get to see it. That's good. Yeah. 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 So 
I want to hear your thoughts, Kelsey. We were chatting before this. We were. I was saying how I feel very unqualified for this conversation because I'm very much in the weeds of this myself. And Kelsey was agreeing with me. And I think honestly, that's the perfect place to come from it then. Because like we talk about on this podcast in general, we want to talk about the in-between. And so this is us coming to you not as experts, but as someone on the journey with you, learning alongside you how not to lose sight of yourself when you're helping others or when it's chaotic or in the busy seasons of the year or the holidays or, you know, those moments where extra grace is required, right? Not losing sight of ourselves. So what do you have to say about that, Kelsey? Um, I think that it's important that we work really hard to figure out ways to deal and manage stress um, at a young age because um, last week I mentioned um, that there was a point where I was super low and all of this. And a lot of that came from um, carrying other people's stress and not knowing how to manage my own. And, um, you have to figure that out for yourself. That's not something other people can figure out for you. Um, but it helps to hear what other people do because there's certain things that will work for you. And, um, when you know how to manage that stress and to cope with it in a healthy way and to, um, I think the word I want to use is compartmentalize, um, that just helps in general for a lot of situations. And that helps me specifically a lot of the holidays mm-hmm. of just being able to be like, this is not my stress to carry. Here's how I can help. But here's where I have to set a boundary so that I can still enjoy the holidays as they are supposed to be enjoyed. Yeah. And even like a mental boundary for yourself. Mm-hmm. of just like, I'm not letting myself go there. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been thinking about that a lot r- recently of kind of how you treat yourself in your own mind of like, mm-hmm. okay, are we, we, we can make the situation so much worse for ourselves, right? We can let the stress of others kind of come on our shoulders uh, alongside our stress because we're not taking care of it or, you know, any given circumstance. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And especially in terms of in the Christian life, we are called to give of self, right? That's not something revolutionary. We've never heard that. Like We hear that all the time. We're called to give ourselves. We're called to serve others. We're called to do all these things. And I've been like wrestling with that notion and also of like being gentle with ourselves and not losing sight of ourselves and all of that. Like what does that balance look like? Is there supposed to be a balance? Because a lot of times I feel like the one extreme the Christian life extreme we hear of is like total give of yourself to the point there's nothing left in you. And I know that that's not, that can't be God's design for us, right? But I think a lot of times in the Christian life, we're not given a good example of what that balance can look like. And whenever I'm like stuck with something like this, I like to look at the most perfect example we will ever have Christ here on earth with us, his life. And I just like to look at his example. And last night I came to this conclusion. I was like, okay, like you can see in Jesus's own life. First of all, he didn't start his service until he was 30 years old. Okay. That's number one. Like all of us out there who are in our twenties, like, okay, there's a lot we still have to figure out. Calm down. <laughs> yes, yes, seriously. So that's that's helpful for me. Uh, but <laughs> second of all, it's like, okay, he really took time to be a human. Like mm. he spent those years learning how to be a human and like a well-adjusted human. Like he wasn't yeah. – 
you know, off his rocker. I mean, he's also God. So like he has a leg up in a lot of ways, but (laughs) he like, he learned how to be human. And then when we look at his public life, when we look at his service, right? There was a lot that he gave of himself, right? We don't really hear of him ever living at home. Like he was out of his house. He slept wherever like his disciples could find a place for him to stay. Like a lot of that was up in the air. But one thing we never hear him do is like self-sabotage himself. Yeah. He knew who he was and he was confident in who he was and what his mission was. And he never doubted that. And that's how he could give of himself because he also understood who he was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where in the Christian life, because we're imperfect, because we're trying to follow his example and we hear that we need to give of ourselves and we need to serve others, that that's where we give too much. We serve to the point where we're not confident in ourselves anymore. And then we're we're battling with ourselves. And then we're saying, oh, I can't give to this person as much as I want to. Therefore, I am bad. I'm not I'm not serving as much as I can and like all these things. And then the self-sabotaging starts and then the, the negative self-talk starts. And it's really hard to serve out of a place with that. Yeah. Right? And it's not really helpful. No. Because serving with a bad attitude is like worse – than not it's serving. Like resentful service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to circle back to something you said in the middle of that is that Jesus slept. He did. <laughs> Jesus rested. Yeah. Um, and I think so many times, like, especially in this time of year, <clears throat> we serve to the point of exhaustion and we um, work to the point of exhaustion and we forget that rest is not earned. Amen. And um, I had a client tell me this, a friend tell me this, and uh, I will tell everybody who will listen. Um, And this was probably when I was going through a really hard time. And she was like, Kelsey, sometimes the greatest way to pray and probably the greatest way to serve is to rest. Because it's full of surrender. If you think about it, you can't rest if you're holding on to control. You can't rest if you're holding on to all of these things. It's an act of surrender to stop what you're doing and rest. Yeah. Like in the midst of chaos, you probably need a nap. Yes. You need a snack and you need a nap. (laughs) Yes. And... Also, like what gets me, and I think, right, in the liturgical year, yeah, because we go year by year, um, we hear all of the parables and we hear all of the lessons and we hear everything that Christ did in his public ministry, yeah, within one year. But in reality, it was over three years. Okay, and granted, not everything was written down, but also we have four Gospels, so we're hearing it four times over. Right. Not every year, but in a way, right? Right. But when we read the Bible or we're going to church every week and we're hearing these stories, it can sound like he's doing so much, and he is. I'm not saying he's not. Right. But you also have to recognize, first of all, he was – practicing the faith of his family. So he was like the Sabbath, he took the Sabbath off, except for those gospels that we hear, like he healed on the Sabbath. Like that's like the exception. He didn't do that all the time. Right. So we had that rhythm of rest in his life. He also, I mean, they lived in a time without electricity. And like, sometimes I just like straight up forget, cause you know, you're, you're living in your life. Right. And you just assume. So when it was dark outside, they literally were resting. Like, in the winter time, right? We're talking about like, oh my gosh, it's it's so dark. daylight saving and it's dark by five. It's like, okay, then they were done with their day then. Yes. Right? Yes. Like that's that it would be crazy for someone today to be like, Oh, I'm going to bed, it's five PM. 
That sounds so nice, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. But you're right. And I... And... Yeah. I'm sorry. He also had 12 disciples. He didn't do everything himself. Right? He had... He would send them ahead and send them, oh, go prepare this place for us. Yeah. He did not do everything himself. He asked for help. He asked for help. Oh, man. That's a lesson I learned again and again and again. And he accepted the help. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the way he would have done it. Yeah. 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 Raise your hand if you don't ask for help enough. (laughs) All of our hands are raised. If you're listening, I bet your hand went up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we just push our push ourselves too much. I think we expect so much of ourselves and it's not a bad thing to expect a lot of yourself, but it is, it is probably better to expect realistically because you, you can't do it all and you can't control it all. Like, yeah. 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 And, and it's also like, okay, the definition of insanity is like doing something again and again and again and expecting the same res- result. So like, okay, yeah. we're all doing that to ourselves. Like we expect perfection or even an unrealistic expectation of perfection, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not real. Mm-hmm. And we put that pressure on ourselves. And then when we don't come out to that, you know, caliber and then – we fall short every time we're going to drive ourselves crazy because yeah. we're acting insanely. Yeah. And that's when you start being mean to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start crossing really, really hard boundaries to go back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you start being mean to yourself because you're not living up to these impossible standards that you're holding for yourself in an impossible season that's full of busy and full of chaos and full of work and parties and gatherings and all of the things. That's, that's when we crumble a little. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just talking about like the holidays more specifically, like we hear, I mean, I just, I know from experience that they can be stressful and we have this idea in our minds that they won't be. Every year, we're a little bit like um, deceiving ourselves because <laughs> we're like, oh, no, it'll be – this is the best time. Like this is the time we're all together and it will be so great. And kind of having like this vision with rose-colored glasses on yeah. when the reality is is that your family is the same family that it was a non-holiday day as they will be on the holiday. They know how to push your buttons. We don't always communicate the best. Like those things aren't going to change just because it's a holiday. They're going to be more pronounced. Right. And there's going to like stress is going to be heightened because around the holidays people get less rest and they are busier. And then there's all this added pressure of, oh, we have a big celebration. So we have to prepare everything and we have to – it has to be perfect and our outfits have to be perfect and our food has to be perfect and I have to get the perfect gift and I have to, you know, everything needs to be perfect. And then there's stress mm. from the perfection of it all. Mm. And then you think hindsight, it's like, was that necessary? No. Was it? necessary to stress over the food was it necessary to stress over over the outfit was it necessary to stress over the timing like no the point is you get together you spend time together you enjoy a meal together gifts are a bonus if you do gifts cool if you don't shout out let's just okay let's agree to something right now okay yeah can we do this i'm challenging everyone listening too Let's agree to give the gift of presents. Can I tell you my family tradition? Yes, please. Please tell me. Okay. 
So my dad started this tradition like five years ago. My dad is a fantastic craftsman. He can build anything. And he built each couple in the family what we call the Christmas box. So my mom and dad have a box. Ethan and I have a box. My sister, both of my sisters and their husbands have a box. And um, he wrote this beautiful letter. My dad is so good with words. And it was this whole beautiful letter about how, like this simple box, it is like our relationships. It's simple on the outside. It's not extravagant. It's on the inside that matters. So it's everything that goes into making your relationship what it is. And so the purpose behind these boxes, we do not exchange gifts between all of us. Like I don't buy for both of my sisters, my mom, my dad, brothers-in-law. We fill the box with things that are the gift of time. So you fill it with something that you can take out and enjoy with your person. Because when life gets busy, when life gets chaotic, when it gets overwhelming, you sit down, you go to the box, you get something out and you reconnect. Like you are truly giving the gift of time. So we fill our box and we exchange the boxes. We go home with a different box every year. But what that has done is it has taken the stress of so much that comes with Christmas. Christmas, the world's Christmas, not mm -hmm. the church's Christmas. And we aren't searching for the perfect gift because we're giving what we love. We're giving how we love to spend time. And we want to share that with a person. So we just eliminated so much stress with that. My dad is a genius for this. And we love it. Yeah. It's my favorite. That's amazing. And, and I love that that's something that is also year-round. Like mm -hmm. you get to reap the benefits of it year-round. Yeah. And when I say like, give the gift of presence. I mean like your like being your be present, yes. um, putting away the distractions, being yeah. with each other, asking how each other are, like things like that yeah. is more of a gift than anything you can buy somebody. Yeah. And newsflash, people want this gift all year round. They don't want it just at the holidays. Not just at Christmas. But what a great place to start amazing at any point of the year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, especially around the holidays when there's stress and there's a million things going on yeah. to sit down and be with your people. Yeah. To put away the wrapping, to put away the busyness and to be with your people. Be present. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's so easy to be absent in your mind in those situations because again, it was so stressful to get there that like when you get there, you're just exhausted. So I think it's really important that like for the next month, we're doing the work to make sure that we are able to be present and that comes in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and I, I desperately want to get across this. This is not me telling you when I tell you to take time for yourself in this busy time, I'm not saying retail therapy. I'm not saying that you need to go do X, Y, and Z to pamper yourself. I'm literally not telling you to spend money because that creates a lot of stress already. I'm telling you to like schedule a little time to be alone and to process and to process and to like think to yourself like, okay, this person is being super overwhelming. How can I help them? How can I help eat, like take some of their stress without stressing out my plate and putting too much on me? Because I cannot carry a holiday by myself, but I can help ease the load of a holiday. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's also like that's kind of like being present to yourself. Yeah. And, and to be like, okay, all this is coming at me. How am I dealing with it? It's like stopping yeah. to be aware of what's coming across your plate, of what's coming across your mind, deciphering it all, and then figuring out what 
you can best do A, to help the situation at hand and B, to help that in a way that's honoring you and your gift of life and not denigrating yourself in the process. Right. Right. Like I know that in my current state of life, like Ethan and I both work, Ethan farms, I am in the hair salon. My December is chaotic. Like the salon is bursting at the seams. I am busy. I cannot ease some, but like I don't host the holidays. My mom and my mother-in-law host the holidays and I'm super grateful for that. And I can't help them by being like, let me come over and help clean your house. Let me do this. Let me make all of these things because I don't have time. That is not a way I can help. But a way I can help is the day of I can do dishes. The day of I can set the table. The day of I can do all of these things that aren't hard but you're helping ease that stress of the host. You know, I know my boundary. I know that I can't do all of these things because I'm not getting home from work until like seven, eight o'clock at night. So like, I can't help with the prep, but I can help with the quote unquote execution, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I also want to say like, there are different seasons. Mm -hmm. And so there might be a season where, you know, you are able to help with the prep, right? Yeah. So this, it, it just like if whatever season you're in, figure out what that is, like what that moment of help can be. Yeah. Whether you're hosting or whether you're attending and can help day up, like also let that be okay. With whatever season you're in, like, let that be okay, like, to just show up. You're doing what you can. And that is a gift in and of itself to the person who is hosting. I love to host. And I will tell you that, like, when people just show up ready to receive what I've prepared for them and they're not feeling guilty for not helping is when I can best love them and I can – give them the gift that I've been working my butt off to give them. Do you know what I mean? Like as a host, that's the gift I want to give. And if you're coming guilty because you're not, you didn't help prep or whatever, then you're not going to be in a place to receive that gift. And I'm going to feel like I'm giving a gift to a rock. I needed to hear that. Don't be a rock, Kelsey. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I am so guilty of that. I am so guilty of showing up somewhere and being like, you should have asked for help. Mm. You know? And that is going to be in my head. <laughs> Write it down so you don't forget. <laughs> I'm going to. And that made me think, um, like as you were talking I think sometimes I for sure forget that like some people's love language is hosting and, and that's their way of gifting you. And I need to be better at that because I'm probably adding stress by like, let me help. Tell me what to do. All of these things when like they want to do it. I can guarantee you that's exactly what's happening because people will be like, Oh my gosh, let me help. And I'm like, no, let me do it. <laughs> I'm also like, there's there's ways I can grow. I'm also a little bit, honestly, I think I'm a little bit OCD slash like just I want to be in control. And hosting yeah. is one thing that I can be in control of. And yeah. so when people are like, oh my gosh, let me help. And then they start doing something. I'm like, that's not how I had it in my head. So please right. don't, <laughs> you know. Oh, guilty. <laughs> It's also something I I have to work on, but I think that also goes with like also recognizing, right? So when we're saying like receive the gift that people want to give you and give where you can give, right? Learning what that is in this season, that's important, but also recognizing that whatever gift that you think you can give in this season – 
doesn't mean you have to do it all alone, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are plenty of ways people can help. And like, I am guilty of this. Like I'm the worst at asking for help. Yeah. But it's like necessary in all of our lives. We are not made to be islands. Yes. Like we are social beings and that we all rely on each other more than we're willing to admit. Mm -hmm. And so asking for help, although it can be awkward or (laughs) I don't know, um, hard, it's necessary. Yeah. So asking for help is not something that makes you weak. It's actually something that's like showing that you know yourself, you know the situation you're in and are willing to recognize when you've hit a limit or you're going to hit a limit. Yeah. You don't want to show up in a place where you're resenting other people while you're giving them the gift. Right. And like all you need to do, think of, think back to this time last year, folks. It's the same thing every year. If it caused you stress last year, it's going to cause you stress this year. Like think of that number one thing that you were just like, oh gosh. me, I will tell you, I'm guilty of killing my books at the salon. Like I pack them so flipping tight. I do it every year. I'm stressed about it every year. When is it going to change? I don't know. Not when Tina yells at me enough for it. like like I just have to fix it I have to do that myself that's something that I need to remember to reflect on when I'm doing my books so like if making a whole meal by yourself stresses you out every single year ask for help make it a week ahead of time and reheat it we as the guest do not care and I will say like when people ask me for help I'm not like, oh my gosh, you're a burden. I'm like, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes. Right? Like it's it's better to ask for help in a specific way, right, that you will need the help than yeah. to have people wondering how to help and maybe trying to do something to help, but that's not actually where you need the help. You that have to sense. be so honest yeah. with where you need help. And I think that that's – that's just going to help you serve people better in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking I, again, like I said, I'm not in a season of hosting right now, but I have so many clients who are, and I have this one specific one and she is the perfect example of not letting hosting stress her out. And she, what she does is if her kids are coming home for the whole holiday weekend, she assigns people meals. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm, I am your host. I will make sure you have everything you need, but a week before I need your menu, I need your ingredients. I will make sure you have everything, everything in the kitchen you could possibly need. You're in charge of breakfast on Saturday. You're in charge of lunch on Saturday. You're in charge of this on Saturday night. Like, and she is just so calm. She sits in my chair and it's my favorite thing to do her hair on a holiday week because it's so good to see somebody so calm who has mastered it. She sits in the chair. She has her book. She goes through the whole menu. She makes sure she has everything she needs. She's sending messages where she needs to send messages. And by the end of the appointment, I can tell she's just so relaxed and so ready and so like emotionally in a place where she can host with a joyful heart because she mm-hmm. asked for help. And she pays to get her house cleaned. Revolutionary. You don't have to, you don't have to clean your own house. If that stresses you out, you can hire somebody. Mm-hmm. And if it's not in the budget, you, you probably have kids. One time I, I looked like, at my eye and I said, why don't we have a cleaning lady? I was in like high school and she looked at me dead in the eye and she said, that's why I had kids. <laughs> I will tell you something. We never had a dishwasher in my house growing up mm-hmm. ever. There's seven of us kids. And we would ask my dad, like, dad, why don't we have a dishwasher? He said, I had seven. Ethan said that to me one time. <laughs> I can't say it too loud because he's home. 
when we started dating, he didn't have a dishwasher. And one day I was like, we, I mean, we were dating for like a year at this point. And I was like, Ethan, why don't you have a dishwasher? And he goes, I have you. As a total joke. <laughs> right. So funny. I'm pretty sure he got a dishwasher like two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> joke didn't land well. He knew joke. it. <laughs> <laughs> he went out and bought one that day. <laughs> But like, okay, going back to something you said about that person in your chair, I was just thinking about like, when you mentioned that, my thought went to, first of all, organization saves lives, like literally organize, plan ahead people. Okay. Second of all, she had like the peace of mind because she knew everything was going to be taken care of. And not because everything was already done, but that because the things were set in motion to be yeah. finished when they needed to be. Yeah. And she was in a place then to receive the people into her home and to receive the people into her heart, right? So it's like this holiday season, if you don't listen to this conversation, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but mm-hmm. – <laughs> um. If you don't listen to anything else, like just take time to prepare your heart for the people you're going to encounter and be a place when we know that this is a stressful time of year for everyone. Okay. Yeah. We can't control how other people manage their stress, but we can control how we manage our own stress and we can control how we receive people. So if someone comes to us and leaves a little bit more peaceful because of our interaction, that will be a huge win. Mission accomplished. Because you're not adding more stress. You're not saying, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm stressed too and I'm stressed about this. And then all of a sudden they're thinking about, oh, I wasn't even stressed about that in my life. But now that you mentioned that, I'm stressed about that too. We don't need that anymore, guys. We don't need it. How can we receive the people around us so that we are home for them. Right. Right. We have, we can receive their stories. We can receive them where they're at, whether they're stressed or not. Right. Because let's face it. A lot of times the holidays is when people make time to get together. They normally don't make time to get together. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you'll have like a friend's situation where you see the people you see all the time, or maybe you're traveling to meet, up with family or you have extended family who's traveling to meet you like you don't see those people all the time don't take that for granted yeah and this just came into my head also and I think something that causes a lot of stress is there's a lot of sadness that can come with the holidays because no matter who you are or what phase of life you're in, there's a high possibility that like, this is the first holiday season that you're encountering without somebody or with a different relationship status or, you know, like Christmas was my grand's thing, you know, like that was, that was my favorite memory with her. So there's sadness that comes with it. So then there's stress that comes with trying to make sure that everybody loves it as much as they did when that person was here. Yeah. And that's not something you can recreate. You know, you can do the same things. You can sing the same carols. You can have the same food. But like, we have to accept that it is going to be different. And that it is going to hurt. And that a certain Christmas carol, every single time you hear it at mass, is going to make you cry. Mm -hmm. You know? And, like, it sucks. And it's physically painful. But with time, you will figure out how you are personally going to move forward. I'm not going to say deal with it because it's not something you deal with. It's something you grow with. And maybe it is singing Grand's favorite Christmas carol 
every Christmas that you get together. Maybe it is making grandpa's favorite dish. Maybe it is making sure that you speak of your spouse that is no longer on this earth, you know, acknowledging them, bringing them into it, but allowing yourself to also feel the joy of the season. Yeah. And I think also along that vein, holidays, especially holidays at the end of the year, thinking Mm -hmm. especially Christmas and New Mm -hmm. Year's, there's, we seem to put a lot of pressure on ourselves for certain benchmarks along life's journey, right? And so we could also be entering the holiday season with unmet expectations for our own lives. Yeah. Disappointments. Disappointments. Not being where you thought you'd be this year. Being more behind than you were last year, right? These are all very real experiences people have. And so recognizing that you might be comparing where you're at with where you thought you might be yeah. or with expectations that other people put on you or something like that might be might be part of your story. If you know that ahead of time, you might be able to give yourself a leg up on, on processing it so that it doesn't overshadow your whole holiday, right? So that it doesn't overshadow the whole season so that you can deal with that ahead of time and you can think, no, I'm not where I thought I would be. And that is hard and that is sad. Mm -hmm. And working through it as much as you can or at least to the point of being like, I will work through this yeah. after the season or whatever the case may be to allow yourself to, like you said, celebrate the joys and the beauty that these seasons do hold for us Yes, if we let it. Yes. Right? Because I think, I mean, with Christmas becoming so – commercialized like we have to look back and look at the root of the season and what's beautiful about the big holidays Christmas and Easter is that in the church and her wisdom there is a penitential season leading up to these big feasts and these big holidays And that is a time, like, I love the Advent season. I love the Advent season. And I love it because it's a time of preparation. And once I started really taking advantage of that, right, Mm -hmm. like having that season really being a season of preparation and quieting my heart to allow little baby Jesus in, you know, it transforms the whole experience. And that's why like we can talk about, yeah, like reducing stress to Christmas time all we want, but really a huge part of that is experienced in the lead up, is experienced in the advent, in the in the quiet waiting of our hearts yeah, for our Lord to come and meet us, right? For this huge miracle and sacrifice on his part to come and be human like the rest of us is so profound, but we so often just walk right by that truth, right? And so – during the Advent season is a great season to look interiorly and to think while I'm waiting on you, Lord, like to come as a baby, I'm also waiting for these things in my life to happen. I'm also waiting for my time to shine. Or maybe it is your time and you're shining and you are 
just so grateful. And that can be a time when there is a overflow of hope and joy in your heart in this season of the fulfillment of God fulfilling his promises to you, right? That's beautiful. And if you're there, praise the Lord. Right. And if you're not there, right, in that season of waiting, as the whole church enters into a season of waiting and preparing to receive our Lord, that's a time to prepare your heart for the graces that God wants to give you. Yeah. Because he does want to give you grace. He does want to give you all the things your heart desires. But honestly, if we're not. If we're too busy. If we're not in a place to receive it. Where does it go? Where does it go? Do we even recognize that this is what's being given to us? No. No. That was a beautiful way to explain that. And it's so true. And it's, there's so many graces so many graces to receive during Advent. Um, but we have to quiet our hearts to get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to allow yourself to receive those. Yeah. Which is not always easy. And it's, it's perhaps made a bit easier if we have some like guardrails <laughs> in a sense, right? Of like, okay, yeah, we're just not going to go over there. But like staying in this lane, yeah. that's yeah. the golden ticket right there, you know? Yeah. And to wrap up this whole conversation and trying not to lose ourselves in the holidays or in helping others in general, looking at a more practical route, what we can do practically to do that mm-hmm. and staying in our lane – would be to set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, I think whew, boundaries are hard and I am not the expert. But if I have learned anything over the last few years, um, it's that I can go into a really dark place if I don't have boundaries. Mm. And so for me, I think one practical way that I make sure that I'm not getting overwhelmed and I'm not um, clouding my mind with unnecessary distractions um, is making sure I have time by myself. And now, like time by myself, but also um, time with my husband. Um, so I... I I scheduled my time by myself. Like that is, that is now a date that I do not um, back out on. I do not and cancel And what that. does that look like? Is that like a morning? Is that like an evening? Is that a whole day? It is, depends on what the holiday, like what my salon schedule looks like. And so lately I've been doing it in the morning. Um, I just wake up a little bit earlier and I am alone. And I do like my gratitude journal and I just kind of hang out. I just allow myself to be. Um, And there's a lot of times where I'm going to be so busy that my alone time is my drive home. That's 15 minutes of uninterrupted time. And maybe I just need to be a little bit more intentional with what's on the radio. Like maybe I turn it off. Maybe I be in complete silence, you know, and just being intentional with those little periods of time that I do have to myself because I don't have a lot of it during the day. I work with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, one practical thing that I can do is just really, really being intentional about my alone time. Because that's what I need. Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. Yeah. And, and I like that you said that that's what you need because not everyone will need that. Or even to the same extent or, you know, whatever. I think everyone can benefit from alone time. However, if you don't have, if you don't, this is going to sound really harsh, but if you don't know how to be alone by yourself, it's not really going to be helpful. True. You know? So like there's something to work on there. If you can't be alone and fit for 15 minutes in the car in silence. Yes. 
like try that out. Try if you can sit in silence. Like I know these days it's so easy to fill our days with noise. Like people have the television on in the background while they do something or, you know, you're getting ready for the day and you're putting on music or a podcast and then you're in the car and you're listening to a podcast and then you're at work and you're talking with people or you have the radio on and then you get back in your car and you have the radio on again and then you walk into the house and then, oh, there's your family. Oh, there's your husband and we're chatting and blah, blah, blah. It's like, when was the last time you spent an hour alone in silence? Ooh. Can you like can you make it that long? Like I think sometimes like going I mean this is totally different but like going into adoration when I haven't had a lot of like quiet prayer time yeah. or if I haven't had a lot of um alone time with myself in like the most recent past sitting for an hour in adoration can feel like a year brutal right but like yeah can you be alone i mean that's a whole nother whole nother question so i guess all i was trying to say was like try to figure out what it is for you like right what what you need right and schedule that in let that be a non-negotiable because you want to know what here's another boundary that i will say to set for yourself keep your promises to yourself Because I've read the statistics and it's literally so crazy that you will break a promise to yourself way more than you will break a promise to anyone else. Why are we not like treating ourselves the way we treat others? Why are we not treating ourselves like a friend? Yeah. Would you break this? Like for example, if you're scheduling alone time in your schedule and someone calls you up, Kelsey, I need to talk. Can we talk in that 15 minutes you have in your car ride? That's hard. Ooh, that's hard. Are you keeping that promise to yourself? Yeah. You know, uh, there are days where I do keep that promise to myself. And and this is where it gets really tricky because there are phases in your life where that 15 minutes might have to be sacrificed. I can think of a few situations where I will put whatever I'm doing on the back burner for that phone call. Um, but you have to make up for it for yourself. Yes. You've got to find 15 minutes later because you you emptied your cup a little bit mm-hmm. when you took that 15 minute phone call. You're happy to do it. You do it 10 times over again, but in order to do it 10 times over again, you have to fill that cup back up. Plus you're breaking a promise to yourself. So if you don't make it up to yourself later, you're going to not trust yourself. Yeah. Like that keeping promises to yourself yeah. is telling yourself that I'm to be trusted. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like a load of baloney, but it's not like it's and, yeah scientifically proven. We don't have enough trust in ourselves. And that's why we continue to make the promises to ourselves and we're not even shocked by it. Yeah. That's why we can talk so terribly to ourselves because, well, we don't, you know, we don't deserve more than that. Right. Um, so crazy. Off of this, I have two things. Number one is a permission slip. If you're listening to this, Consider this your permission slip to take 15 minutes, not to sweep, not to do the dishes in silence, not to vacuum, not to fold laundry, not to do anything inside, to be in silence and to sit and rest. Resting is not actively doing something. Resting is resting. Resting is being still and being with your thoughts. This is your permission. I do not care what time of day it is. Do it. You deserve it and you're worthy of it. The second is a reminder, and I wish I could remember what it was. It slipped my mind. I'm so sorry. While you're thinking of that, can I say this? Okay. A tip. If you don't know what to do for those 15 minutes while you're sitting and resting, I heard this once and it's really helpful if I'm like going crazy. You know the phrase, be still and know that I am God? Okay, so you say that, but then every time you say that, you take away a word. So you say, 
Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. And then just be. And that should help you quiet your thoughts and your mind and just be in that place to really rest. Yeah. Did you remember that other thing you had? No. I was way too into what you were saying. (laughs) I saw you closing your eyes. Okay. Well, with that, um, do you want to share your liveliness list? We're we're pretty much at time here, so I don't want to keep yeah, going. Yeah, we're going to do long. this super fast. Um, liveliness list, going back to last week, I did a, uh, my sisters and I did a competition with my dad. It was super stellar. Uh, we got first place in Turkey. Woohoo! You bet your, bet your bottom that we're going to have the best turkey at our Thanksgiving. Um, number two, Christmas music. It started for me. I will never make anybody listen to it with me before Thanksgiving, but I listen to it alone. And, um, Another thing is another podcast actually, and it's what in the dang heck. And it's their, like, it's like an extra episode that they just did. And it's about, um, women's worthiness, uh, 12 out of 10 recommend. Love that. Um, my loveliness list is very on brand with this conversation. It's actually getting help from my sister this week Mm -hmm. has been huge and just taking the load off my plate. And also just like that community and that connection uh, has been great. Um, Thanksgiving itself. Let's just say that that's been bringing me a lot of life. That's been really great. And then the last thing, lighting a candle and doing something creative. Okay. I am hosting this dinner this week. Okay. Well, I am, I'm hosting it tomorrow while we're recording this. So when it comes out, it will have been, it will have happened. So I can share the secrets because whoever is going to be there isn't going to hear this until after. Um, I made these beautiful um, place cards and I am so proud of them and excited and they're just beautiful. And I just lit a candle and was listening to calm music and putting them together. And that just brought me a lot of life. I haven't done that in a long time, but that's something that I love. So. I love that. Yes. I love it. Perfect. Do you want to break Amazing. down what's happening next? Yes. So next week is already Advent. Can you believe it? Uh, I cannot. So anyway, Advent is a great time. I mentioned a little bit in this episode how excited I am for Advent all the time. But we wanted to do a book study while going through Advent. And the book that we originally decided to do, a really well-known, amazing podcast is doing. So we're not going to compete with them. (laughs) We're going to do that book maybe next year. (laughs) I don't want to compete with what they have to say. What they have to say, I mean, we're just going to learn from them. That will be great. Um, So anyway, we are going to read the book the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And many of you may have heard about this book. It is amazing. And we're going to go through it. Now, here's the thing. It's not like a spiritual read. It's not like what you would typically think of for an Advent book study. But I will say the themes go with Advent very well, Mm -hmm. as well as just recognizing that we have a problem in our culture of rushing through everything and not stopping to think through anything or be present. And so this is a book that we will kind of look at in terms of like we can recognize the problem, we can learn about a solution, and then we can hopefully by the time Christmas comes around have a better handle on our own selves and how much pressure we put on ourselves for rushing through life and be a little bit more present with those around us. That's the goal. So while it's not a spiritual read in and of itself, we are going to talk about it in terms of Advent and how we can pull the themes from the book into our Advent journey. We're going to go really quickly. So Advent 
is four weeks, as you know. However, the fourth week of Advent is Christmas Eve, just one day. So <laughs> we're going to do this book in three weeks, which actually works out because it it's a book that's broken up into three parts. So it really, really works out. So first week, part one, the problem. We're going to learn about the problem in our society. Second week, we're going to learn about uh, part two, the solution. And the third week, we're going to tackle part three, four practices for unhurrying your life. So get pumped, get the book, get it from your library, buy it, whatever, start reading along. And we cannot wait to go through this with you. So excited. This is going to be the fastest I ever read a book. (laughs) We're both really slow readers, so pray for us. (laughs) Pray for my husband that he's going to have to deal with me reading in bed. You guys, you should read it out loud to him. You guys should read it. I'll try my best. Okay. I'll do my best. Okay. I love it. Okay. (laughs) All right. We love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week for part one of Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and Advent. Yay. Bye. We're so glad you joined us on this episode of Learning to Flourish podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave us a rate and review.